Hi there, and welcome back to Health Pods. This is Maggie. And this is Ryan. And today we're here with Jesse Tompkins, our graduate assistant for OHP. Welcome, Jesse. Hey there, glad to be here. Yeah, thanks we're for happy coming. happy to have you. It's going to be fun. Thank you. So Jesse here today is to talk with us about authentic living, transitions, embracement, and being true to yourself. So mm. Jesse, I guess we'll kick things off with uh, the topic of authentic living. I think that means a lot of things to a lot of people. How would you, what would you consider authentic living to be and how have you embraced that in your life? Yeah, I think um, for me, I view authenticity not as like a destination, but more of a journey, something you're always striving toward. Um, and personally, um, as a gay man, someone who was raised religiously conservative, I spent so many years um, not living authentically. I was in the closet. I was doing everything I could to, to um, conceal my identity in that way and then really have spent the past several years learning what it means for me to be my true self um, and creating that space in my mind to actually explore what what makes me happy and what allows me to serve others and make them happy too. Um, so definitely a journey, something I don't think I'll ever be able to say that like I'm living 100% authentically because you're always deconstructing, right? And I think we've, we're learning a lot more about um, that this year with the pandemic and having so much time to deconstruct and think through our personal um, selves um, has mm -hmm. been my journey for years, yeah. Yeah, lots of time to think. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, you've shared with us that your one of your ways to live authentically this year is by thinking about embracing things. Mm -hmm. Could you talk a little bit about how you want to, uh, why you picked the word embrace and then how you want to embrace in 2021? Yeah. Um, yeah. So thanks, Ryan. My, my word of the year is embrace. I encourage everyone listening to pick a word of the year and center all your mm -hmm. goals around it. Um, has been very fun for me. Um, yeah, I, so I recently moved up to Boston from South Carolina and, um, my first few months here were just hard. Like it was all my community is back home. I was in a new school, a new place, um, and wasn't really feeling, I guess, my authentic self. Like I didn't have that um, that support system in place. Um, so I wasn't really embracing. I, I was just kind of thinking about um, when I graduate, where will I go? Like just get through these two years here and um, then I can move somewhere where I can actually thrive or whatever. And, um, I realized after the winter break, like coming back, I needed to make a change if I was going to really live authentically and um, enjoy my time while I'm here. So I chose the word embrace um, to embrace uh, my relationships here, embrace Boston as my home um, and not view it as like something that's going to be over in two years, but rather like, you know, who knows how long mm -hmm. I'll be here. Um, and a lot of that, I think, has to do with just embracing who I am while I'm here and accepting you know, um, this journey that I'm on during the pandemic and um, how I can just find joy in the little ways and make the most of my time here has been kind of the reason I chose that mm -hmm. word. Um, and when you embrace yourself and your situation, you can embrace others. And I truly believe that. Um, so that's where it came from. It's amazing. I think that um, <clears throat> transitions are so tough. And mm -hmm. I know that I really struggle with transitions spent a lot of time thinking about like how things should be or like what if i didn't make this decision that sent me on this road and just yeah i think that's so easy i think there's an element of 
like this concept of embracing that includes gratitude. Yeah. Um, and I know for me, like, especially during times of transition where things are uncertain, like now, uh, taking time to be grateful. It sounds so stupid and silly, but it actually, I think, is really, really useful. Yeah. Um, so I'd be interested to hear, what do you think about that aspect of gratitude as it relates to yeah, race? I 100% agree with you. I think, um, like, as much as it's been hard for me to transition to a new city and this new, um, like, way of being, I'm so grateful for the opportunity to mm. be um, going to BC and um, continuing my education and um, put mm. in an uncomfortable situation that allows me to grow, like, change is is so good and it's something mm -hmm. to be thankful for and i think oftentimes when we're going through change we can't see that immediately because it's like often uncomfortable and it's hard but um the end result is always growth you know and mm -hmm. that is something to be very very grateful for so i agree with that. i think that's a great point and thinking about growth and transitions you mentioned that like we're always deconstructing who we are that our identity is this Kind of ever changing malleable thing and i think mm -hmm. you know right now it's let's talk mind month here in the office of health promotion and i think that your identity and your self-respect for your identity and your mm -hmm. respect for others identity is so tied to mental health absolutely um, and could you could you just touch on on your thoughts on that yeah like um i was reading a quote on instagram recently about um like your mind is the place that you're going to spend the most time in your entire life and like you got to make it a, a happy place to be you yeah. know and when you're when you're not living authentically and you're not living true to you like your mind is going to be caught up in all these other thoughts about like um pleasing people and fitting in or like doing what you need to do to achieve success in, in worldly terms or um make sure you're accepted by communities that you may not even want to belong to like but when you when you're living authentically and you clear that space, you have so much more mental capacity to focus on things that actually bring you joy. And like thinking your natural thoughts go towards like, how can I treat people with kindness or what can I do that brings me joy today? Or like, you know, what wig would look good on me at this party tonight? You know, nice. <laughs> like um, you just gotta make sure it's it's your happy place. Cause it it is your, really your only place in a, in a lot of ways is your, mm -hmm. is your mind. Mm -hmm. um, but again, like a huge journey, like mental health is so serious and um, you got to make sure you're taking steps to, to do what you need to do to make it a happy place. What are some of those steps like on like more practical? Yeah. Um, like idea. What are some of those steps that, you found useful and then maybe other people might also find useful. Yeah. Um, so my, my primary source of just like self love and bettering my mental health is probably meditation and yoga. That's um, something that I've incorporated into my life recently. I, um, each summer of my college experience, I went to undergrad at Furman university in South mm -hmm. Carolina. Um, and each summer I dedicated to self love and I tried to incorporate a new habit into my life that would mm -hmm. allow me to, um, just grow and learn to love myself a little bit. And mm -hmm. the first year I started with a, a skincare routine. And then the second summer I decided to spend at least 30 minutes outside each day. And mm -hmm. then the third summer I decided I was just going to do yoga every single day. I had never done it before. I had a friend that was into it and there was a hot yoga studio nearby. And I was like, I'm just going to get the, the new membership deal and go every single day this summer. Um, 
And I did. And at first it was like, my intentions were to lose weight and look better or whatever. Um, and then as I was doing it, I fell in love with the challenge and um, the, the healing and the growth that I was experiencing. I really think like my yoga practice is a reflection of my life outside the mat. Um, like I have all of these different emotions and thoughts that I work through when I'm practicing. Um, and it's just a very spiritual experience for me. Um, and that was a huge, huge journey. I, after the summer, I just continued doing it. Um, and then the next summer, I got a yoga teacher certification, which was my self-love summer most recently, um, that just furthered that growth. So I think like it's a space for me that I can escape and a space that allows me to do something um, for my own sake, something that brings me joy and allows me to grow. And it's not for anyone else. It's for me. Um, and it gets my mind off of other things. And I think everyone needs a space like that, whether it's, you know, reading, if it's a spiritual community, if it's exercise, like everyone needs some sort of space like that. That's great. And here at BC, the Office of University Mission and Ministry has these like buzzwords, be mm -hmm. attentive, be reflective, be loving. And I feel like your journey of your self-love summer, like it's being really attentive to your needs that you yeah. needed some form of self-love. And then you've kind of reflected on how to do that. And now you say that you have your certification. So you're acting yeah. like loving in other ways to other people. And I think that that's a real challenge to find the way to combine your calling that makes like you feel happy and safe and loved mm -hmm. and turn it into making others feel happy and safe and loved. Mm -hmm. And I guess I'd just love to hear your thoughts on how to pass on that feeling of love and like how important that is to your own journey. Yeah. Um, well, I don't know if any of our viewers watch RuPaul's Drag Race, um, but at the <laughs> end of sure he, they do. <laughs> at the end of his show, he always ends by saying, "If if you can't love yourself, how the hell are you going to love someone else?" And mm -hmm. can I get an amen? Everyone says amen. Amen. Uh, amen. <laughs> um, so I like. I mean, as simple as it sounds, like I truly believe that like you, in order to serve others and spread love to other people, like you've got to love yourself. You've got to have structures in place that allow you to feel good about yourself. Um, I saw another thing on Instagram once that was like, um, when asked what's something you love, like how often is your first thought like you? Um, and for me, it's like, you know, hardly never. Like more recently, it's like I've trained myself to be like, mm -hmm. you know, I love me. Um, but I think our natural instinct is to deny ourselves that kind of love because for whatever reason, we don't feel worthy or we, we have these lies we tell ourselves that we're not good enough. And in reality, like that's the human experience. Everyone is having those same thoughts. Everyone feels like they're not capable or worthy in some way. And um, that doesn't mean that any of us is less deserving of love and loving ourselves. It's a real challenge. And we so often like don't say something about ourselves. Or when you're like mm -hmm. asked the question, what's your favorite thing about yourself? Like I remember when I was in high school, literally someone asked me that question. And I was like, oh, my waistline. Like yeah. how do you transition from that like physical, you talked about your practice of yoga <laughs> and like caring about those like little physical, always changing things to like that deep sense of your within. Yeah, it's, it's very hard. I think <laughs> what you're describing is so hard. And it's uncomfortable to think about yourself or talk about yourselves in ways that's not just like material or like mm -hmm. your accomplishments or something very physical, you know, like, um, 
I did this activity in my yoga training where we had to like, for a minute, just talk about ourselves, but we couldn't like say any of our like accomplishments or like things that we, um, like where we lived or where we grew up or like anything about anyone else. Like you had to just talk about like essentially what brings you joy Mm -hmm. and like, um, it's very hard. Like, yeah. yeah. Sounds um, like a challenge. Because, like, you asked me to tell my story, I'm immediately going to go to, like, where I grew up and, mm-hmm. um, like, what my major is, that kind of stuff. But, like, what I truly love and what brings me joy is a much harder, more uncomfortable thing to talk about. Um, and I think it's a long, long, difficult road of learning what that truly is through reflection, um, intentional vulnerability and conversations with other people. Um like we're here for each other and we can help each other learn those things too. So I think community has so much to do with it, being real with how you feel. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I think that looks different for everyone. I think a community definitely has a big part to do with it. Um, and I think when the community gets really, really big, like say you're running into people in between classes, it's like, mm-hmm. you're not going to ask what brings you joy like most likely right you run into somebody it's like oh where are you from what's your major you yeah. know i think it takes deep like deeper relationships in order to get to those questions um and yeah. I, that, I mean that's tough that's that's not easy at it all. is yeah you want to have like a, a foundation of trust before yeah you do that but what would it look like i don't know like if you ran into someone and like? you just asked them like what brings you joy should we what brings you joy, Ryan? Ooh. Ooh. Um, right now, what's bringing me joy is um, researching some. Uh, I'm doing a thesis on education reform and cool. how basically what would the education system look like if it was focused on instead of basically what the teacher wanted you to know, what you wanted to know. Yeah. And what if it was it had more freedom for curiosity and intrinsic motivation. And so I'm looking into that right now and I'm super excited about it. So that is definitely bringing me joy right now. That's cool. Uh-huh. Education cares. Um, I'd say what brings me joy right now, I'm involved <laughs> with the Kairos program here at BC. And that's a, a retreat that's pretty much dedicated to spreading worth and love around campus. And, we're doing double the amount of retreats we usually do. It's like a very, very full spring, but I can't think of any better way to like sign off my senior years, like knowing that I did like tangible things and like my actions on an Excel spreadsheet, like made people feel like they belonged a little bit more. And like that whole idea of leaving behind legacy, like we're building a program, like I'm part of a program that is going to keep living on and going to keep growing. And, you know, I've never been one who like, I've never yearned to be a public figure. Yeah. <laughs> too, definitely so much, too much social anxiety for that. <laughs> but I think like, I'd love to think about how, like the things we leave behind, like how you're still making an impact and, and leaving a legacy, even if people aren't going to know your name a hundred years from now. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love hearing from both of you. Like, it sounds like you've reflected on what, what brings you purpose and how you can serve other people too. And maybe that's a Boston college thing. I don't know, but (laughs) y'all seem very self-aware, which is cool. Um, And so thinking about like that kind of discernment about what brings you purpose, Mm -hmm. stealing again from one of our favorite BC figures, Father Himes, he asked these questions in the concept of vocational discernment. What brings me joy? What am I good at? 
And then who does the world need me to be? Mm. And that last question, I think, is the biggest challenge of all three of them. Because, like, at this point, I think we know what's bringing us joy. Like, we know what we're good at. But who does the world need you to be? Like, (laughs) That's a hard question. We're asking hard questions today. (laughs) Um, I think, like, ultimately, the world needs me to, like, be my best and do my best in everything Mm -hmm. that I do. And, like... um, you're not always going to know like exactly your, your purpose or your place. And there's this element of like faith, I think that's involved in just doing your best anyway, even if you're not sure if this is the right route for you. Um, I took a class about faith in, in college and we kind of defined it as it's a risk with direction. Like you mm-hmm. may not know if the payoff is going to be like 100% the best thing ever but like mm-hmm. you do it anyway because it's something you you love or you feel passionate about and you think will will help another person feel like they belong or will serve the world in some way um and for me like that's education I'm going into higher ed I, that's my master's program at Boston College and um that's that's what I'm doing my best at or trying to do my best at is I'm um, creating these spaces where people come into college and feel like they belong um, and then develop this sense of self-love and confidence that allows them to to do their best. Um, I don't know if that answered the question, but um, yeah. How do you feel you have that experience like while you're going through your own journey of feeling like you belong and finding your best self yeah. as well as leading others? Like how do you, how does the marriage of those two things temporally like yeah. assist in the process? Yeah, I definitely don't think they're like mutually exclusive. Like I think um, like I'm always going to be on that journey. I'm always going to be wanting to learn and grow. And as you're doing that for other people too, like you're, it's not one way, like you're going to be learning stuff. I learn stuff from you guys, like from the students I work with all the time. And I'm inspired by y'all's stories and and what you've been through and what you're accomplishing. So I definitely think you're always, you're always growing if you're truly open to like, taking in and listening to people's mm. experiences and, and mm. being vulnerable. I love, you know, Brene Brown. I love talking about yeah. vulnerability. Like I think it's so essential to kind of that mutual, mutual growth. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah. Cause I think the opposite of this authenticity is fear. Yeah. And then the, I think a cure for fear is, all right, I'm going to be vulnerable. Yeah. I'm going to keep moving forward through that. Um, yeah. Yeah, because I don't, like, fear is not bad. Like, it's not inherently bad. We all yeah. get scared. We're all afraid. But, like, not doing anything about it can be can like, What be do bad. you do? Do you close up or are you going to open up? Yeah. Up? I've been starting to ask myself, and it's very similar to that last question of, like, I think it was, what does the world need of me? Yeah. I've been starting to ask myself, um, like, what is life asking of me right mm. now? And just asking that question usually clarifies a lot for me. It's like, and sometimes it is just like going and taking a nap, you know, <laughs> it's like, that's what I need to be more full of life. Right. But then other yeah. times it's, it's something else. And I remember over quarantine, uh, being up in my room and asking myself that question. I was like, uh, I should definitely go help my mom do the dishes. <laughs> you know, it's like, but those little things, I think it's helpful to, ask ourselves questions like that yeah it's definitely a practice of like awareness is what I'm yeah yeah like, that's a great way to put it like being really in tune with with yourself and with what's going on around you and being attentive to your own needs and i think that's hard 
Because I think our natural way of like mode of being is just to like center around ourselves and like mm-hmm. um, just get into these rhythms that we don't break out of. And um, awareness takes some, some work, you know. I think just like almost nothing about our role in this world is a solo journey, you know. Yeah. Like I think we're we're put here to to carry others and to carry ourselves, and and I really like that in the concept of authenticity because. Mm-hmm. I feel like sometimes authenticity and like originality can kind of get glommed together. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's a real word, but (laughs) thinking like you have to be, to be your authentic self, you have to be like your own complete, like individual identity. And I think that there's obviously every person's unique, but I think that a large part of authenticity for me, and we talked about finding community is like finding others that you can relate to and kind of like, building that communion with other people yeah i mean uh, just as much as we are individuals like we're relational um beings like Mm -hmm. we exist in in context with other people and connected to other people and that plays a like i would say 50 50 in who we are is like our roles and our relationships versus who we are as individuals i think that yeah i think that the concept of authenticity can sometimes at least for me, get confused with, like Maggie was saying, being original or being like special. Yeah, it's yeah. like, yeah, you're, you're valuable. You're special. Yeah, yeah, everyone. you're special, but you're not more special than anybody else. Yeah, right. <laughs> like for me, that's a that's a hard thing for me. Oh, I'm so hyper competitive. Yeah. You know, like I don't want to, I don't want to come to terms with that. Yeah, it's like, what is? Uh, I think that's a hard thing, but it's also a freeing thing. Yeah. Um, and it's like you don't have to worry so much about yourself because at the end of the day you're not that important yeah. <laughs> that's even like has eased, eased my mind so many times like you worry about like how you look or if like, you like trip or like whatever and just, nobody like, cares about yeah, you no, one, <laughs> no, no one's one is watching. thinking about you that much and it they're is, all thinking about themselves and that's free. okay, that's okay. Yeah. and can we talk a little bit about like how all these messages of authenticity and finding yourself and finding your spaces contributes like to your overall health because even though i have absolutely no research to back this up i guarantee that will make you live a longer life maybe not longer but definitely a fuller life Mm -hmm. yeah i'm more authentic during the years that you have which i think is maybe better (laughs) better maybe not longer but better i think yeah i think like anything that brings you like joy and like contributes to your well-being in general it's like like in the ohp we talk about how every topical area of health like affects and relates to the others mm-hmm. and like i think if you're living authentically like your your mental health is going to be better which right. is going to make you feel moti- more vote motivated to like get good sleep and eat well and do mm-hmm. things like move in ways that feel beautiful to you like i think it's just all very related um even though i don't know the, the science either but <laughs> i definitely think that's true it struck me when you were talking about earlier, Jesse, about almost thinking like, all right, I'm going to do this for two years and then I'm going to go do something else. Yeah. Like getting so future focused. Uh, I had a friend of a very good friend who's our age, 21, just died in a tragic hiking accident mm. out of nowhere. Sorry. Yeah. And it's like, you never know, you know, like you never know. Like the future is not guaranteed. Yeah. And life is so fragile. And it's like, I, I think it's even more reason to, ask yourself what really like brings you joy what yeah. what do you not want to miss out on because i mean mm-hmm. it sounds morbid but it's reality it's we're not here forever and yeah. it's like you can postpone like starting like real life or being a real adult it's like <laughs> it, that is an imaginary starting line like it's it's already started mm-hmm. 
So it's like, why don't we just, I don't know, wake yeah. up a little bit. I hear you. I mean, the, the present is all we have. Um, and I think that's important for us to think about as, as human beings, we have this tendency to like either um, like mourn the past or long for the past mm-hmm. or like get so stuck in the future that we're not being present. And like, that's all we have is right now. And there's no reason to, to judge yourself for like a past version of yourself mm-hmm. because like each day I'm a new person, like I'm growing and I'm learning every day. And like, I can't judge an old version of myself that doesn't exist anymore. Um, and I also don't know what I'm going to be like in the future. I don't know what new Jesse is going to be like two years <laughs> from now. Maybe I'll have completely new um, like ways to that I feel authentic or um, that's things that bring me joy. Like, I don't know, like, I'm just here for the journey and all you can do is embrace to use that word. Um, mm-hmm. what's going on right now, embrace and affirm your circumstances. Everything is happening for your betterment. I truly believe that. Yeah. I don't know if you have an answer to this, <laughs> but I think a lot of people find that really difficult to forgive yourself for things in the past mm-hmm. or just like move on from who you used to be, or even like from defining yourself by, your past accomplishments, maybe it's something good or like just things you've done and mistakes you've made. And how do you like recommend that people have that type of growth or just like that move forward mindset? Yeah. Um, I mean, that has been a huge part of my journey. I think like there are so many things that I've done in my life that I feel guilty about Mm -hmm. or that just like don't sit well with me. Um, But then I try to put it in perspective. Like I think about like, if I met a 15 year old that made some massive mistake, like I would not judge like a 15 year old. Mm -hmm. It's like you're 15, you know, like you're, (laughs) you have so much to learn and grow. And like, Mm -hmm. I sit here being hypocritical because I'm 23 and I'll think about something I did sophomore year in high school. And I'm like, Oh my God, like, I can't believe I said that. I can't believe I made that person feel that way. But like, in reality, I have like, I was, I'm not the same person now. I had Mm -hmm. so much learning to do. And, um, I think there's always this space where you can go, even when you make a mistake now, it's like, okay, this just means I'm human and I have a lot to learn and a lot a lot more room to grow. Mm-hmm. Um, I think like this conversation is very relevant to the Black Lives Matter movement and just like a lot of the social things that are going on right now. Like I think a lot of us have this tendency to just shut down because we feel guilty or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, but like, that's not our duty. Like our duty is to like forgive ourselves and then think, you know, what can I do? You hear all the time, treat other people the way you want to be treated. But Mm -hmm. I think I know for me, myself, I treat other people a lot better than I treat myself. Mm -hmm. And I think that is a, I think it helps to, like you were saying, like step outside of yourself and think of like, if you were like an isolated um, younger self and you're looking at you from this perspective, if there's somebody else, you're not going to, probably not going to judge them so yeah. harshly it's it's uh but it's tough i think a lot of times um people are so kind to others and then not kind to themselves yeah yeah and i think often not every time but oftentimes when i like did make a mistake or i did something that like i feel guilty about like i ask myself like was i living authentically at that mm-hmm. point or like was mm-hmm. was i like doing things that brought me joy or whatever and like most of the time the answer is no like yeah. i was like I was in a different headspace. I was trying to please someone or fit in with a certain group that like um, I shouldn't have been. Um, and that's why like the the self-love aspect and like 
really discovering what you can bring to the world is so important because when you're living into that, I think you're much more likely to contribute to the betterment of all people, you know? And I think in that spirit of kindness and growth and asking hard questions to pose again, <laughs> okay. I love um, it. <laughs> I really, I'd like to hear like how each of us, let's say over the last four years, like something that you've grown in that you feel really proud of. Mm. I know one is for me, it's been being able to say no to stuff. Mm. Yeah. Like I so came important. in and I said yes to everything, which is, great way to get involved and then sophomore year I kept saying yes to everything and I completely overcommitted myself mm-hmm. and uh one of the things I had committed to was being a sleep coach in the office of health promotion and <laughs> I spent like an entire year barely sleeping <laughs> it was awful because I wanted so badly to please other people that I was willing to just kind of throw away what I needed to be a functioning human being. I think I've gotten better now at decommitting from things and um, saying no to things. It goes back to what we were talking about earlier. I, I was on the rowing team for a while and I was debating whether or not to keep doing rowing because it was a big commitment. Mm-hmm. And I decided not to. I walked up to the coach and told him, it's like, coach, like, I can't do this anymore. It's like, okay. I'm like, that's it? Yeah. Yeah, We definitely like catastrophize things in our heads. I would say that the the most obvious thing to me in in a way that I've grown is um, my journey with coming out of the closet. I think that that, um, at first I was trying to think of something else, but that is like the, like really the most life changing thing that's happened to me in the past four years. Um, uh, Yeah, because I had to go through this like really profound experience of rejecting what other people thought of me and just saying like, it doesn't matter. Like at the end of the day, I'm the only person who has to live with me for the rest of my life. And I want it to be a fun um, and positive experience. Um, (laughs) And, you know, I, I've lost a lot of friends. I've lost contact with uh, family members, but they, they don't contribute to my happiness. That's, that's all my responsibility. And, um, that's definitely, I would say, the biggest way I've grown. And I think that that's a beautiful thing that a lot of queer people go through. And I think everyone should try to have this experience where you um, where you realize that, you know, other people's opinions don't matter. There's no reason to take things personally. Mm-hmm. Um, because when someone says something offensive or mean to you, like, that's not on you. That's on them. That's right. on their personal mm-hmm. experiences, whatever led them to act that way or engage that way. Um, And you shouldn't even take things you say to yourself personally, because you don't know your whole truth. Like you don't know how worthy of love you are. And um, we have these little inner saboteurs voices in our head that, that tell us like really negative things, but there's no reason to take any of that personally. Mm. And I think that's, that's what I've learned and gained from, from that experience. I think it's, I think it's like you said, it might be more overt, for somebody who's coming out of the closet, but that's a lesson that we all need to learn. And might not be, I don't know, maybe as obvious that you need to learn that lesson if you can kind of skate by with the, but I'm thinking about myself and it's like, that's something I need to learn and not worry Mm -hmm. about what other people think, not place my happiness in other people. Yeah. Um, I think that's a really universal skill that, 
is really valuable. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, another journey, like something that right. like, we're always mm-hmm. working on, you know? I mean, right. I feel like I think my proudest growth over the last four years is even like I have realized and then come to value that I'm a very kind person. Mm-hmm. And I feel like when I was growing up and in high school and even throughout just my young adult life, like I was also a very smart and very accomplished person. And like, that's who I was. And I was like proud of my accolades. Mm -hmm. But now, I mean, of course I like still want to succeed, but I'm like more happy about the moments that I like helped someone or like was just like genuinely kind than like, I don't know, than like winning something. Like, and that's a girl, not a grade. Huge growth. (laughs) Thank you. Um, But I think that's a huge amount of growth, separating your identity as a human being from what you do. Yeah. It's like, again, a universal lesson for everyone, whether it's like who you date or like yeah. what you achieve, like yeah, who right. you are is like a completely separate thing. You're, you're, you're you infinitely do. more than the sum of your achievements or accomplishments or mm. experiences. Like you are infinitely more than that. And we don't have like the, the capacity to understand how, just how um, infinitely valuable we are. So I think that goes back. Like there's no reason to, to take any anything personally that you say to yourself or other people say to you because mm. you just gotta know like I won't even ever understand how amazing I am you know mm. <laughs> all right this is our last question cool if you had a billboard that you could place I mean you could put it on the side of gas in or you could put it somewhere metaphorically where everybody's gonna see it mm-hmm. what do you think you would put on that billboard hmm. well in the in the theme of this conversation i think i would say love yourself love others mm. very simple yeah. very simple <laughs> well thank you so much for joining us jesse today we talked about authentic living embrace yes. self-identity and self-forgiveness thank you for joining us yeah, and we will you. catch you guys next time this is so fun